0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 7 of Windows Virtual Desktop WVD Monthly. I'm your host Andy Whiteside. I've got uh got Pete with me. Pete's the um, Chief Marketing Technology Officer for Zintegra. Uh quite the interesting role and I think a lot of fun for you too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been interesting the last couple uh weeks. I've been kind of leaning more on the technology side but still doing the marketing uh side Get everything teed up for all our cool events that we do and and uh, staying busy on both ends. So, yeah, I had
0: a uh, podcast with um, IGEL this morning and Simon Townsend was our guest and him kind of introducing himself as a chief technology marketing officer. uh, I didn't realize that he had a technical background, but as we started to talk more and more, it was clear that he does. I think it's interesting that both us and IGEL come at marketing from the same angle.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's he's a long, well, a long time industry buddy of mine. But also, uh, yeah, he started his role very technical when he was younger. When we all, when, when we all younger, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, especially you guys. I'm, well, I'm older. I didn't, I didn't realize how much older I was than you guys until you had your fortieth birthday a couple months, uh, a couple months ago. Yeah, I think of myself as twenty or thirty two still, not twenty three, but thirty two still.
1: Yeah, I I do too. I try to anyway.
0: <laughs> On the podcast this morning, we were talking about uh, you know sub one mega bit connectivity and uh, the I love you virus. And one I want I want to cry, but certainly the I love you virus. And uh, we started thinking about when that was, and it's like holy cow, that was twenty years ago when I couldn't get a meg of internet connectivity and. You know the the uh, I want to I love you virus was going through people's uh, address books and doing what it was doing. I can't remember what it did exactly, but um, that's it's hard to believe until somebody forces you to think about it. You don't realize how long it's been.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, I remember back in college when you, you could you know remember the A bomb thing where you could you know A-bomb A bomb a Win a one ninety five ninety five machine and totally wipe it out. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. Well
0: speaking of all that, we had a good call today with igel talking about the value of a Linux endpoint, and we had a good talk about um you know desktop as a service, and that ties right into our conversation here around uh Windows Virtual Desktop, which is one of the rapidly um growing and, and accelerating products for doing just that uh in a controlled environment to get out of uh, a scenario where you're as susceptible. To those uh, malicious attacks and the fallout from it, so uh, I think the, the content today is to go over the January 2021 updates for Windows Virtual Desktop. You ready?
1: Yeah, I'm ready, man.
0: All right, number one, I've got on the list here is a new Windows Virtual Desktop offer. Sounds salesy. What is that?
1: Yeah, so there, you know, I think you know Microsoft obviously is always trying to um, you know enhance and entice customers to want to try right try before they buy is what i like to say um and so they're giving a not only incentives for customers to pilot and expand their pilot into production but also giving new customers opportunities to try some of the more tried and true series so they got the the d series and the b series uh virtual machines and they give you 30 percent um you know off for 90 days on these two series of machines on top of the the Linux-based pricing, which is already discounted very deeply for uh, WVD, so um, so you no, know, it's just a way to get you know net new customers to want to try. Um, but parallel to that, if uh, if customers and clients want to talk to us, we can tell them even deeper incentives they can do to pilot and and expand their their WVD deployments to uh, their enterprise.
0: Now, is that a, uh, in your opinion, is that a desperation thing about Microsoft to get more people to start kicking the tires, or is that a a true compelling offer to get people to see the value in it uh, quicker?
1: Uh, I personally think it's the latter. I think it's, you know, Microsoft realizes there's still some hesitation to want to try desktop as a service, a cloud-based offering. So it's a way to entice net new customers to want to, you know, give it a try and and see if it can work for them. And I think a lot of customers will realize that it is tried and true and, and it will scale up pretty fast
0: you yeah. know to me it kind of feels like and this is a good thing when you go to buy a new car and, and the guy in, on the um the guy at the car dealership says hey it's friday why don't you take it home from the weekend park in your garage see if it fits let let your wife drive it around a lot now all of a sudden guess what come monday you're gonna be buying that car
1: yeah <laughs> exactly and, and then the best part of that is when you go and buy the car and they tell you you get two months uh you know free of uh loan payments you know
0: Sign and drive, baby. Yep. (laughs) All right. the next one on here is a network uh, security group rules value change.
1: Yeah, so this is a, you know, you know, an Azure Resource Manager, what's called a nested template. So they have default, you know, nested templates that you can choose to utilize for security uh, within the NSG, so network security groups. Um, And so it will they they just made some tweaks here uh, based on what I've read. It, it's to help with some of the errors that you've been, they've been getting around, like managed disks, and um, and you know, and making sure that they're backward compatible. I think this is still just some cleanup from when they went from non Azure Resource Manager to full on ARM, you know, at, you know, aka Azure Resource Manager. So just a minor tweak,
0: right? Okay. Uh, the next one talks about our friends over at FS Logics, which we've been big fans of from from early days that Microsoft acquired along the way, and and really um, one proved that they were in it you know for real, and and two uh, they understood that user experience was important. What's uh, any any idea of what they've updated here?
1: Yeah. So the big the big thing is they, they this is a hot fix to the previous release in November. So they're recommending that any customer who's running 2009 and it's the version is 2.9.7621.30127. Um, if you're running that release from November that you have, they're saying you should, and I will, I'll just paraphrase and say you have to upgrade to this latest hot because fix they fixed some, a minor flaw within that hot fix and corrected an issue that was causing deadlocks with, um, the, v, the VHD and storage. So, um, and then there was another issue with um, it. If you're using what's called cloud cache, it would flush the block incorrectly and then lead to profile corruption. So they, it's a pretty big fix. So I would highly recommend if you're on the November release, you're definitely going to want to download and get this updated.
0: Uh, it sounds, uh, you're going back to my car example. It sounds like time to change the oil. If you don't, you're locked the thing up.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, and, and kudos to the FS Logic team. They're always updating their their uh, software, but a lot of stuff they're doing is just to optimize and make it better. So.
0: Okay, uh, the next little section seems like it gets a little more exciting, at least, um, but all this is very important. Don't get me wrong. I, I joke about it, but it's all important. Uh, Azure portal experience improvements, um, I guess, as it relates to WBD or Azure in general, what the – what, what is Microsoft covering here?
1: Um, you know, they're always gonna cons- cons- continuously upgrade and update their ARM experience of so the Azure Resource Manager experience. So, you know, a lot of great functionality within this list. Um, you know, you can add local uh, VM credentials directly um, to a VM instead of uh, creating a, a, you know, an Active Directory domain joined account. So the way I read this is you can do non-domain joined VMs um, but you know, I haven't had a chance to play with it yet, so so don't you know let me uh, dig into that a little more. Um, you know, users can now list both individual and group assignments in separate tabs. Um, so um, so in the user, when you assign a user to what's called an application group, um, it was just users in in groups all in one list. So the way you know now they're separating the two out, so you can say, hey, what users do I have assigned to this application and or desktop or what groups do I have assigned to this application and/or desktop? So just minor, you know, UI changes. Um, the version number of the agent is is now visible. Um, so that's 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 key to understand, especially if you're troubleshooting if they're having issues connecting into the control plane. Uh, they've added bulk delete for host pools, so just simplifying, you know, again, management and and, and um, you know, being able to manage the 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 various pools and application groups uh, reliably. Um, And then drain mode, uh, that's the ability to say, hey, no more sessions are allowed to connect to a particular session-based host. Um, Mm -hmm. And you can enable or disable drain mode for multiple session hosts in a host pool. Before, you can only do one at a time. Now you can do multiple Mm -hmm. sessions. So what that does, that allows you to lock machines from getting more connections if you got to do some maintenance or you're trying to Mm -hmm. power off the virtual machine so you can save some money. You know after hours or et cetera so this the drain mode is very key to you know as you know, it's like I can log off and leave a session live behind the scenes disconnected for hours upon hours upon hours on end right so drain mode mm-hmm. solves that issue and then the uh, so move- the
0: good news so I guess the, the the good news is Microsoft is getting this functionality, but for a citrus guy i'm I'm kind of chuckling because that's been around forever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's like we talk about every every session, every uh, podcast. It's They're going to inch away, inch away, inch away until they get a lot of the features they need.
1: Yeah. And I, again, I would argue Citrix is still one of the best control planes for WVD. And if you go Citrix Virtual Apps and Desktop Service Standard for Azure, it's a great control plane and it's going to give you a lot more robust functionality. And the two married together is a great solution. So it's not, if I'm Citrix, I'm not worried yet. But if I'm like a Nerdio, now I'm stressing a little bit because they're filling in a lot of the gaps that Nerdio solved. And in fact, I think we're seeing that with Nerdio now, where they're focused more on MSPs now and how how to build an MSP with WVD, not the you right. know, WVD manager anymore. So
0: yeah. So yeah. Well, I hopefully didn't come up that the wrong way. Citrix clearly is the the better way to do WVD than native WVD is. I'm just, if I'm Citrix, I'm looking at big Microsoft coming my direction and starting to get a little nervous. But uh, absolutely, we got years and years and years of Citrix being a value add with features that you just have to have that Microsoft won't have for a while.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree.
0: So. OK, final bullet, uh, remove the public IP field from the VM details page, so I guess, you know, in in, in Azure world. Everything can be addressed with a public i p and accessed, and and I think by default now they 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 don't mm-hmm. or they do which one is it
1: uh, it depends on your network security policies, but by default it's off now, so you can choose okay. to add an i p um and in w v d it's defaulted off because it's best practice to do a jump machine into your w v d so let me ask you this as you know
0: i've been carrying around for like a month now, this uh, Microsoft Azure for dummies book. And I I am like five chapters through it, but that's it. Um, You know, in order to be a a decent WVD administrator, you've got to have this basic Azure knowledge, right? Either that or you've got to have a really good friend that's running that part of the the solution for you.
1: No, I agree. You you know, you can't just walk into WVD and spin up a bunch of VMs and call today. You need to understand at least the fundamentals of, you know what is a network security group? How does the storage work? Uh, you know how do NIC the the NICs work? How do how do app security groups work? If you want to control certain applications, um, so there's there's just architectural things you need to understand just to get up and running. You know, in our in our deployments that we do with WBD, typically I see the two bigger issues is they people get a little bit overzealous with their network security groups and they lock it down too much, um, and then two. Uh, they don't understand the whole subnetting uh concept in Azure. So they end up either building a subnet that's not gonna meet their need or typically it's all networking related is where I see the issues. So
0: yeah. Well, a quick plug for that book, um uh, Microsoft Azure for Dummies, I forget the author, but it just came out in January and it is really, really up to date. Um a lot of what you just talked about with security groups and the subnettings and the VNets, uh storage accounts those are all things that were foreign to me, even doing this podcast. And just the first couple of chapters have been enlightening as far as my Azure world. And, and I, I did myself a favor, right? I waited until the the portal matured, they got the arm. Um, so I didn't have to unlearn a bunch of old junk, uh, but I highly recommend that book.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I got to I actually want to get it just for fun, just to have it as a reference, you know, cause I, I don't proclaim to be an expert. I I, I still learn something new every week. So.
0: I've always thought with learning technologies, if you got um, the dummies book or the old exam cram books, if you just had that level of, you know, 300 pages of knowledge in your head, you're, you're way ahead of most people. Uh, You don't have to have the the 800 page massive knowledge that's for reference, but that 250, 300 page book, if you just have that floating around your head, you're, you're pretty sharp
1: compared to most. Yeah, no, I agree. (laughs)
0: All right. Next uh, topic here is the uh, Windows Virtual Desktop Agent troubleshooting.
1: Yeah, this is. I mean, again, nothing too crazy here, but just simple documentation on troubleshooting some of the common issues you find you come across in Windows Virtual Desktop. I'll, I'll say this is a welcome piece of documentation. Just dealing with some of the customers I work with, um, because you'll hit an issue and not know where to troubleshoot. So it's. I give kudos to Microsoft to writing this. The doc came out in late December and and. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, it's definitely um a great write-up, and it's ri- written by two, uh, well, one guy I know, Tom Hick, um, Tom Hicklin, who's a who's a great uh, global black belt. So it's uh, you know, I guess lessons from the field, if you will. So great do- piece of documentation. Yeah.
0: Let's give Tom a shout out here. Let's get Tom on this um, this podcast sometime. I think I reached out to him, and I think I caught him off guard. I don't think he realized who we are and what we do. Uh, yeah. So if you know Tom, maybe see if he'll join us at some point.
1: Yeah, I will. Definitely.
0: All right. Uh, next section here talks about the Microsoft Antivirus, also known as Microsoft Defender for endpoint integration. I, I want to talk about this for a minute because I didn't, I didn't realize until not too many months ago that our friends at Bitdefender were kind of behind the engine of the Microsoft Antivirus. I didn't take two and two and put them together. Um, but what's your take on Defender just in general as an antivirus malware solution?
1: You know, I what I know of Bitdefender. Uh, I guess it's the they can't officially say they're the OEM, but they can't unofficially say they're the OEM. But I'll say for for a solution that's out of the box and free, it's pretty solid. I, and I'll I'll be the first one to admit i i I don't run I run Defender on my endpoint, and I knock on wood, haven't had a issue yet. Um, in five plus years that I've consistently done that, the only thing I run parallel to it is on, on a on a you know, scan is a malware scanner, like malware bytes or one of those. But every time I run it, I don't find anything. So it's doing its job. So mm-hmm. I'll say that just from a day-to-day experience. And you know me, I surf webs. I, I do everything. So, <laughs> so. Yeah. What
0: well, do you also, uh, do you take away your admin rights or at least keep uh, user access control turned on?
1: Uh yeah, I do. And and you know, I I've never taken away my admin, right? So that'd be a fun experiment one day, but uh you know, that's tying into some of the gore, the core functionality above and beyond that, so like app protect things like that. Um yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a great feature. I mean, and for free it's not bad, you know? Yeah. Cuz let's face it, I mean, yeah, you I, and I you and I are techies and I don't know about you, but I don't like needless agents running on my machine taking up valuable CPU when I got to run you know some VMs on VMware Workstation, and maybe do open up Photoshop. And by the time I know it, my my machine's crawling. You know, right?
0: Okay. Uh, so this topic here, where we talk about Defender for Endpoint integration, what what are they
1: what are they saying? Uh, so it's it's officially available for WVD. Um, and what's even more important is it's it's available for Windows Ten Enterprise Multi Session. So. Um, so you can use uh, Microsoft defender for endpoint and it will support up to 50 concurrent user connections. Um, so that, you know, not only are you going to get the cost savings of using Win 10 enterprise, you know, multi-session, you get the benefit of also layering in with uh, Microsoft defender.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and you have to assume that defender is, optimized for the physical desktop workload and if they've got it you know by default in wvd which you do as part of the operating system um that they're doing a decent job optimizing that for virtual workloads is that true
1: yeah and and you know the upside to this too is it's also tied into the um the the security center um as well so you're able to get uh reporting on your endpoints as well so uh, so you're getting like risk assessments, uh, how many users are logged on, um, and, and then you're able to look at timelines and, and any any issues from a threat perspective. And then you know if you need to, you can even do advanced hunting now, um, which is something mm-hmm. we talked about on the Bit Defender webinar today. <laughs> so,
0: okay. And then the final topic here um, is the Azure security baseline for Windows Virtual Desktop.
1: Yeah. So think of this as like. Documentation, best practices for you know security benchmarks, and, they, and they're calling it Azure Security Benchmark version 2.0 for to uh, for WBD. And just think of this as recommendations on how to secure uh, you know your solution on Azure on WBD. So it's it literally is a list of everything from you know network security, you know how to do privilege access, data protection, uh, posture vulnerability management. Uh, endpoint security. So it's basically re- recommendations to how to lock down and secure your environment. Uh, and it's pretty well documented. I was reading it earlier today and I was like, they, they literally list out like, you know, for example, in the network security, they they say, hey, here's what you should implement. Here's the URLs. Here's the, here's some adaptive stuff you got to turn on, some firewall rules, you know, et cetera. How to, con- how to properly connect networks together. They go through that and they document that, you know, stuff like that. So it's very, in-depth documentation uh, to make sure your environment's secured.
0: Hey, on this, slightly on this topic, I guess not on this topic, but you know how in the Citrix world, uh, a lot of their work is being done today around analytics, both security and performance analytics. Does anything close to that exist in WVD if you don't add Citrix to it? Do you hear them talking about doing that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, so that's under... um, the uh well it's a combination of the enterprise uh you know defender endpoint integration but it's it's under the the bucket of um the microsoft defender to security center which i forget the name of it in azure cuz it's escaping me right now but in that suite they have the ability to do some i don't want to say all the functionality that citrix is proclaiming but more windows focused functionality like they're not going to be able to do session based stuff like that citrix is doing the edge stuff that Citrix is doing yet, but I think they're getting there. Um, and and then Citrix actually does tie into uh, what's called Microsoft Security Graph, so they actually pull some of the data as well and leverage that data and then and make decisions based off that. They also pull uh, from Active Directory as well, so they can pull like you know when Andy logged on, how long you logged on for, not just for Citrix but for Active Directory. Um, so it's kind of a two way street. But yeah, I would say Microsoft is getting there. Uh, and not a knock on Microsoft, but it's, it's still pretty complex. Like it's not for the faint of heart. You're not going to just go like Citrix has simplified it and made it easy. Microsoft, it's easy to some degree, but you can get lost down a rabbit hole pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Rome wasn't built in a day,
1: right? Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, Imagine uh, 500 years from now and they say the United States wasn't built in a day.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: Uh, sorry, that, you know, I just yeah. You know, I, I would love to go a thousand years from now and, and look back to see what what unfolded. If Texas ever became its own state again, I don't. Know, I'm getting political on you real quick, but
1: yeah. You know, it's, well, it's, it's funny because you changes. look at what's happened in just the last twenty years. It's amazing. I mean, it's it's amazing. Yeah. You know, in our last twenty years, I mean, and you and I have the luxury we've lived on both sides of the fence, non technical and technical. So it's pretty fun.
0: Yeah. Well, and and I'll go down a, a rat hole with you real quick. I mean. United States, the 50 states are together primarily because we're all tied to the same currency. What happens when electronic currency takes over and nobody's tied to any, each other anymore based on the, the value of the, the, the data, the Bitcoin or whatever, the cryptocurrency, uh, cryptocurrency, things are going to change, no doubt.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It's going to get interesting because the Bitcoin thing, man, I wish I got into that early. <laughs> so, Yeah. I'm, I'm still staying away from him. I may regret it someday, but,
0: um, I don't know. I'll just get up and go to work every day until I can. Yeah. All so, right, well, Pete, I appreciate you joining. Hopefully people got a lot out of this. Uh, we'll do it again next month. You know, WVD continues to move forward. You've got your, uh, what do you have coming up, uh, regarding WVD as far as your training classes and things?
1: Uh, so I run a monthly, well, actually I'm doing a monthly workshop bi monthly workshop on WVD and that's this month. And, uh, and I'll try to get the date as we're talking here. Um, uh, that's going to be on February uh, 23rd, so Tuesday, and then and then I do an Azure Fundamentals workshop every other month as well, and that one's going to be on March, uh, uh, you know, March 18th. So I run those two kind of. I go back and forth every month just to keep it interesting. So
0: yeah, you know what? I need to sign up for the Azure Fund. I'm going to go. I'm going to go sign up for that one right now.
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's fun. I, I I try to show the basics, but then how to build a, a Citrix environment uh, on, on top of Azure, uh, and then some. Maybe you know. Sometimes I'll switch it up and maybe do VMware one month or or just stick to WVD. But the WVD workshop is purely WVD. So, yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Well, thanks for jumping on. Hopefully, the listeners get value out of this. If you uh, if you do, you know, share it. Um, I, I listen to a, a a crime podcast all the time. They always start off and end with. You know, give us stars, give us likes, whatever. I I guess we don't do enough of that. But uh, if you like what you're hearing, share it with other people. Let us know. Give us some feedback.
1: Yeah, I agree. And we do, we work hard to get them out there, so.
0: All right, thanks. Have a good one.
1: Thanks, Andy.